You are listening to a special edition iFanboy podcast on Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. I fanboy podcast and Superman Batman Public Enemies. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Sup, homies? And Paul Montgomery. What up? <laughs> what what? I fanboy is a show where we normally talk about the books of the week and on our at Pick a Week podcast, but we also occasionally like to talk about the movies and films and things that come out related to comics, and we like to do our special edition shows on these DC animated films that they do, and this is the sixth is this the sixth one, Paul? Something like that. Six hundred. It's the sixth one, I believe, and it's the newest Bruce Tim produced film, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. And before we get into it, we're going to talk about the film. So if you haven't seen it yet or are worried about spoilers, that kind of thing, you might want to pause and come back. But we are going to talk about what happened in the film. As we say every time, this is the line of films that it was originally intended to be a direct adaptations of comic book storylines that came out. And that sort of went by the wayside very early on. But this is, they've actually returned with this one. Superman Batman Public Enemies was a story arc in the Superman Batman comic way back when it started when Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis were the original creative team on the book. And this, so this is, this oh. is actually what I thought was the most purely successful in what it set out to be in that it was a direct adaptation of the story and the art style, which was also what I think they originally were going to, they said they were going to do was animate the art style for each story, which they haven't really done except for New Frontier, just because it happens that Dorman Cook draws like the DC animated style anyway. But every other story is, they've sort of thrown the art style by the wayside. But this one actually looked like Ed McGuinness in, in motion, which was good and bad, depending That's on funny, because I had noticed that, but I didn't know that. You know what I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. this looks just like Ed McGuinness. Yes, he drew it. This is, for me, from a technical standpoint, from the original... Mm-hmm idea of what these movies were going to be, this was the most successful in terms of directly adapting directly adapting the story and the art style. So that from just from, from the get-go, that was I was impressed by the, the way they captured his art. Yeah, this is one of the first trades I actually picked up when I got back into comics a couple years ago, and I'm still reading comics anyway. But uh, yeah, it, it looks pretty much like like Ed McGinnis, if that's your thing. What not? Nah, you, <laughs> you've read it. You've read it recently, which was good because I had some questions. I didn't. I don't. Not I that remember, recently, but more recently than I have, which was when it originally okay. came out, probably um, close to ten years ago. Okay. Um, wow. The story of this of this movie is that this Lex Luthor becomes president, which he was for a long time in the DCU. Right. He, in the film, he you know basically takes on Superman. He, he puts a bounty on his head. There's a there's a meteor from Krypton coming, and he's simultaneously trying to stop the meteor. President Luthor is, and also screw with Superman. Superman, Batman team up to stop Luthor and the meteor. Now, I don't, I remember there being in the in the comic book a se- uh, like a whole long sequence where they had to sneak into the White House and stuff. Was anything missing and or changed? I you feel like. I I think there was a an aspect of it with the extended Batman family was involved with this story. Mm-hmm. I think like Nightwing and Robin were in it, and I believe there was also like an alternate reality Supergirl with the black hair was in this mm-hmm. as well. So that so they they streamlined it a bit. Right, but it wasn't. They didn't change anything majorly. I remember the the Toy Man sequence. Like it, it all it was pretty close. Yeah, what I remember which was what the original idea of these movies was going to be. So that was interesting to see. Now, I know, Josh, you're not a big fan of cartoons, which is 
why we have you on the show. <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, that's that's a no. But I don't like these all that much. So general, I don't know. I don't or... know why I'm here. Well, no, the DC adaptations. I I don't know. I just feel like. I've got the comics, and the comics are pretty good. And like the Ed McGuinness style tends to work on a page because he can control the the angle and the and the stuff. But when you take them out and you stick them in the middle of a TV screen, it, it doesn't really have the same impact, I guess. But I haven't loved these very much because I don't know. I just don't think they don't they tend to work as well as the comics they came from. There's an interesting sort of inconsistency of tone that, like, on the one hand, it seems very childish. Not childish, but like for younger audiences, and then all of a sudden, like there'll be three or four instances. This happened in Green Lantern, and it happened in this one, where all of a sudden it takes on a really adult tone, like from out of nowhere, and it just like it's very incongruous to me. So like I remember, I don't know, somebody called like did Luther call somebody a bitch or something like yes, that? Yes, he called Amanda Waller a bitch. Yeah, and I was like, oh, like because it it just didn't fit, I suppose. What about it? Did you think it was childish? I didn't think anything about it. Was I don't childish. mean childish. I mean that's not the right word. I just mean for a, like more simple for a younger audience, I guess, because it's just fighting and, and stuff like that. Uh, or it, or maybe I'm just remembering you know the super animated Superman stories. I really loved those because um, I guess like, they were original stories. I don't know, but I don't well, go back and watch them anymore either. Like I liked them at the time. Paul, you you it sounds to me like you didn't enjoy this one. This was probably my least favorite of them wow. so far. I don't think any of the the features, uh, the feature length animated things, um, have lived up to Justice League Unlimited, which I think was the high point of all the Bruce Timm stuff. I even like that better than the um, '90s Batman series, which I know is saying a lot, but I, I really like you know the. I think all the all the high points of of public enemies, like the the, the selling point for this is, oh, it's all of your favorite you know, characters and obscure characters and copperheads in it, of course, because he's in everything that Bruce Timm does, but... Oh, Metallo. Yeah, I, I mean... Metallo. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just all... I mean, Giganta and all those characters that are just sort of background characters. Um, I, You know, they even get... I think they get more of a spotlight in Justice League Unlimited. So the features, I think, well, I've enjoyed some more than others. Like I like, I like the Wonder Woman one, and I, I like GL to an extent. But this one, I thought was one of the weaker ones, and I didn't really like the original story anyway. So, you know, that's part of it. Interesting. Yeah, I thought this was one of the best ones. I, I thought it was exciting. It was fun. I thought I loved the Superman Batman dynamic in this, and that they they were friends. They weren't just the the, the stereotypical adversarial role. They actually were friends. They had. They had familiar dialogue. They, they they chided each other. I agree with that very much. So that I, was my, I that the was the best part. Is the dynamic between them is fun because a lot of times when when they write Batman as being jokey, I don't buy it. But I think that there's only a few people in which he would let his guard down like that with, and Superman's one of them. So it's interesting if it's done correctly, like that that relationship works really well because Batman can let his guard down just a little bit. Yep, and it was only a little. It wasn't like he was mm-hmm. you know. You know, there were knock-knock jokes with Superman, but it was—it was—he was. You could tell there was a level of comfort with Superman that he didn't have around, like when Power Girl was around or whatever. I, I thought, like I said before, from a standpoint of adaptation, it was very, very, very successful. I thought from, and I liked the story. I remember in the beginning that book was was really good, and I liked the McGinnis stuff. I thought the animation style was fine for Superman and Batman and some of the other side like for like Lex Luthor, but I thought it looked kind of silly when you had Captain Adam and Major Force, and their shoulders were bigger than their heads. Yeah, that was they, a little ridiculous. They Cap, walk, there's this, they walk yeah, there's funny. A, yeah, really like awkward. their their shoulder muscles are like going forward. It's like they they did not work anatomically well. Yeah, but I thought I, I thought they worked for the main characters, which was weird. They didn't have those big shoulder muscles, but you know that's that's the style. That's that's the Ed McGinnis style. So either you know you either like that or you don't. I liked the idea that it was this big story with tons of characters in it, 
I mean, at this point, we're six movies in, so you sort of have the idea of what these movies are, what they aren't. I mean, they're hours, just under an hour and a half, and they're mostly action. So you have to sort of go with that or not go with that. And I think I liked. I thought the, I thought the animation was stronger than I thought it was going to be from the trailers. I thought the animation would be much weaker. And, you know, it was just fun. I, I've watched it twice now, and it was a really good time both times. I picked up more stuff the second time than I did the first time. I, I mean, that's one of the things that, for me, like, it is a lot of fighting. Like, I just, it's, at points, I would just sit there, and i just hear, uh, 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 for, like, five minutes. And I was like, uh, like, I get bored with that. I will say that one of the things that I love, one of the things I've always loved is the Luther as president story. I think it's yes. one of the greatest things that they've ever done, and it doesn't get remembered as fondly as it should because it's a great, great story. Yes. It's a great idea. It's just a good, you know, opposition of of the characters and the things they do. I've always really liked that. So that part was fun for me. I, I you know, like one of the things that did bug me is that like they turned around like Captain Adam. Like I didn't like how everybody was against Superman. So well, the president said, and I know that maybe that was in the story or whatever. But and then like the reason that Captain Adam he changed his mind is well, I heard you talking. I'm like, well, you knew who he was before. Right. You know, you, you I, I guess I just don't ever buy that, that people would have abandoned Superman so quickly. And that's just a, a story choice that they made to get to where they needed to be to have him fight all these people. Also, Major Force is annoying. Right. Well, he's <laughs> supposed to be annoying. He's I know. Not, he's a villain. I know. I like a lot of people talking about the voice acting in this, which I found interesting because it, they brought back the original mm-hmm. Superman, Batman, Lex Luthor, and Kevin Conroy, Tim Daly, and Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor. They had Allison Mack from Smallville doing Power Girl, which was odd because you associated her with Superman anyway. So having her do yeah. another, a different character with a, such a distinctive voice was strange. But the original three, you know, they're great. I don't, I'm not like a lot of people online that I see that say only Kevin Conroy can do Batman and no one else. I like it when other people get to, get to try and do these characters and play the roles. And, and he, but, you know, they were all good. I love Tim Daly. They do feel right, though. Yeah, they do. I mean, yeah. the, Tim Daly and Kevin Conroy feel right. Very much so, um, especially Tim Daly because he yeah. let, he only did, he did it for such a short amount of time. Where Kevin Conroy's been doing it through all the other Tim shows, you know, Tim Daly was perfect as Superman, and and he went away for the Justice League shows. And I don't know what it is about his voice, but he's got that tone that slightly Midwestern and very friendly, but also kind of authoritarian. He just is perfect. He really is it's absolutely. Amazing. He's my favorite Superman. He's probably my favorite. My favorite of all the animated series was the Superman animated series. I was there two seasons of those, maybe something like three. that. Three, two or three. Uh, like, yeah. That is my favorite one. Like easily, so so like to have that and the you know Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor, those are the bits I like uh, a lot. My favorite part was uh, when Lex Luthor kissed Amanda Waller. He wanted some of that action. Let me tell you something about Amanda Waller. <laughs> I can't get behind CCH Pounder in that voice because I'm far too familiar with her in other shows. Mm-hmm. And that's just me. That's not a complaint that they could have anything right. to do with. But I was like, that's Claudette Wims, and that's <laughs> all that I could hear. You know, at all. So that thro- that throws me off. But that's just because she was really good in The Shield. There's a lot of big-name people who did very, very, very small parts in this. Like John C. McKinley did Metallo, and Robert Patrick did Hawkman, and Hector Elizondo did Bane. I don't even remember him talking. <laughs> Michael Dorn did Black Manta, who was... I don't remember him talking. Like, it was... Did LeVar was Burton? Was it Black Lightning? Yes. Yeah. When did was- Black Lightning gain the ability to fly? I looked it up. It said he has limited flight ability, but he was zipping around up there like a Kryptonian. Sorry. Well, that's some nitpicky shit. Lim- right limited there. to you, limited to anyone. He can manipulate fly. electrons in the air, and he, there you go. Black Lightning's power in this movie was whatever they needed it to be. Yes, make a force field. He's the invisible woman. Yeah, it was. It was a little much. I was like, yeah, they just zapped people, and I like yeah. the Black Lightning. He's a good character. I think the only downside would be that there probably was a lot more, and this is the same for every um, one of these films. There's probably more story than there is time to tell it. 
So in this one, especially, there was a lot of telescoping. Was, you know, they 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 jumped way ahead. They, basically, the entire length of Luther's presidency was in this movie, which was years and years and years in the comics. In the beginning, he's elected president, and in the end, he's his downfall. So they had to really cram a lot of it into that time. Yeah, there were a lot of weird transitions that, like the Metallo fight, they're they're fighting in like a warehouse or something, and then all of a sudden they're in a graveyard. And I'm like, how did they get in the graveyard? Like he kicked them, and he was and he was uh, over the side into a into a cemetery or something. And I had to rewind it and see how they you know made that work. But um, I will yes, say this about the, about the graveyard fight: I didn't notice this till the second time I watched it because the first time I watched it on my TV, and I don't have like surround sound or anything. I just have regular TV, and then the second time I watched it with my headphones on. And the sound design for that, that fight scene was great because the rain was constantly in the background. It made it more tense because this, there was this constant barrage of sound low in the background for the whole fight. And at first I was like, what is that noise? And then I realized it was rain and then it just went through the whole thing and it was a really nice design. It really ratcheted up your tension and you felt uncomfortable during the scene, which was good. Probably didn't notice that if you didn't really hear it. But No, I didn't, but I believe you and that yes. would be good. <laughs> I, I just was really impressed by it. I think the animation was good. These are what I was hoping to be originally, these movies, which was taking stories and telling them in animated form. And it's funny because, Josh, in the beginning you said that comics do better, but the more I watch animated movies and Spider-Man cartoon and things, the more I find I enjoy superhero tales more in animated form than in comic form. It's funny, I, and I've heard you say that, and, and for me, I tend to feel that when stuff starts to take on a little more life and start moving around, I tend my disbelief tends to go up. A lot more because I don't have to imagine all of that stuff happening, I mean, you know, because I, I, it's it's all being laid out for me, and then it sort of falls apart for me a little bit. So when it can exist, you know, in my mind a little more, and also, I mean, one of the things about comics for me is the way that an artist does a page and the way that you know compositions are done and stuff like that. And animation has to simplify that stuff, and so it loses it loses it for me a little bit. You know, for, people read superhero comics for different reasons, right? Um, I really like superheroes. Always, I always have. But as I get older, the more the more interested I am is is who's doing it, and how they're doing it, and then you know the character stuff is also important. But when you take away some of those elements, like I love comics, so when you take away the comic book element, I'm less connected to the material. I suppose. Yeah, see, I'm I'm reading for the story and the characters. So to see them come to life and they move in a way they could never move in your head, for me that's more exciting. When Spider Man flips around in the cartoon, it's better than any way that any artist can draw it on a page and. And if the power of the fight scenes in this, you know, a, a single panel doesn't hold up to a well-animated, fluid fight scene for me. So. See, to me, it's a novelty. Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat, but I get tired of it pretty quickly. Like, so it's like the same as, like, motion comics, then, for you? I don't, I, I, I don't like motion comics at all. Like I'd okay. rather I'd rather much rather watch animation. Like see I mean, that, that's the that's the thing I've I've heard about people say about motion comics, which I also don't like. It's like it's a it's an interesting novelty. Like okay, they can move. Like I, it was cool with Watchmen, and now let's do something else. Well, you know, and I I don't have I have nothing against either of these things. I, okay. You know, it's a it's a personal problem. I don't I think that if they, I think that if it's going to get people to read comics and it is a revenue stream and an outlet for people to get into these stories through motion comics and make the damn things. I just don't want to read them. You know, same thing through these animated movies. If if these animated movies make enough money so that they can keep making actual comic books, or they bring anybody into the they bring one guy into the comic book store that wasn't in there before, hell yes. But I think that be, you know, it's like anything when you have to compress something into the hour fifteen time slot or whatever, you've got to make it fit in there. And those aren't my favorite kinds of stories. You know, you can't do lots of characterization you can't do long drawn out things you can't do those stuff you and you've like you said you have to keep it very action based 
Well, in these particular films, I think in the shows, you had tons of character, and some some would say, no. including me, that you had way more character in the Tim shows than you had most superhero comics. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that, those, are, those are different, I guess. It's just they're different, different story styles. I mean, you have long... You have long-form stories in the shows, and then these are films. You have less character in a regular film with starring people than you do in a show that lasts for 15 years, and we follow sure. the same character. So that's just a, it's just a different kind of style no, of story. It, yeah, story it's, a, it's a preference for me. Like I've, I've, over time, I've been much more into episodic television so that like a single, like a single chunk of story has to be really impressive for me to care about it, I suppose. This was the yeah. shortest one, I think. It was only 67 minutes. Yeah, that was nice. And Connor, I'm really excited for you to see Justice League Unlimited finally because those are actually getting back to comics versus the cartoons. I'm, I think the best Justice League stories I've experienced are are from that series and not the comics. I mean, especially lately. Yeah. The comics haven't been so good with with those set of characters, but really good relationships and um, they did a lot of multi episode arcs, and right. I think they they did some really ambitious stuff with that. Especially the Tim stuff. I mean. The- I rewatched for, for I fanboy when I wrote those articles. I rewatched all the Super Supermans and they, the first two Justice League seasons, and those were just. Mm-hmm. And then in conjunction was the same time that Spider Man came on TV, and that was when I really started to decide. I was I liked the stories way more than the comics because you don't have to worry about all the crap in the in the cartoon that you do with the comics. You don't have to worry about. That's true. You don't have to the years of continuity dragging you down. You just have to tell the story the best way possible, and that's tends to lead to a better storytelling experience than you did get in the comic book. I do like that, and it's interesting. If I go back, like the Superman animated series or something like that, that's one of my favorite characterizations of Clark Kent yeah, and of absolutely. Lex Luthor. Yeah. And, and in that sense, that's very much true. Although I th- they sort of lost me somewhere along the line. And I never watched ALU, but I did try to watch the Justice League for a little while. And I've seen some of the things they came after, but and I, but they lost me. I, I don't know if it's, I just I just didn't want to watch them anymore or whatever. But like those were those were a thing that I liked at the time back then. But I don't really feel the need to go back and watch them again anymore. Just sounds like you don't into animation anymore. That's fine. So I'm a part of your little Josh. So I, I hope everybody enjoyed my last special edition animation <laughs> uh, podcast. <laughs> and we're gonna get the email. What are you even on there for? Because I'm telling you, if you felt like I did, it's okay, and so we can Paul- all get along. Paul, what did you what did you like then about this film? I really liked the teaser for the next one. <laughs> so I'm really excited for that. What is for the next Crisis, one? On, Crisis on oh. Two Earths. Right. It's supposed to be Dwayne McDuffie wrote the script for JLU season three, which never happened, and then they decided to dust it off and make a movie out of it, and they reworked it so that it's it's in no real continuity. It's you know it's a new Superman. It's Mark Harmon Superman and Billy Baldwin Batman, and so that it'll yeah. be interesting. But the trailer looks great. These have been I've I've enjoyed all of these and I think I think it's for a specific fan and I I I do enjoy animation I do enjoy superhero animation I do enjoy the high level they bring to these characters it's as silly as some of the character designs were in this because it was Ed McGuinness I did enjoy it for the most part I liked I for, totally forgot about the kid toy man that they had for many years the Japanese kid who was a character mm-hmm. which was I don't know if that was a good idea or not but that big giant Voltron thing at the end was also in the comic. That um, is a Jeff Loeb, Ed McGuinness. Like, I was like, that's a giant Batman, Superman, Voltron. Huh. It did. It even looked like Voltron <laughs> from the side. Yeah, it totally <laughs> did. And I was like, that's just a, one of those big high concept, like, you pitch it, and you're like, the kids are going to love this. And you're like, well, there aren't any kids watching it. They're going to love it, too, though, so it's okay. Well, they, I think people would love it because it was a throwback to the old World's Finest mm-hmm. series where they had the yeah. half Batman, half Superman. But yeah, um, right. I would have loved this better had, when it taken off, you would have heard the Voltron theme. <laughs> That's a light licensing morass right there. Dun, 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 dun. How awesome would that have been? And they pull a sword out. It would have thrown me off. I'll Come admit. on, it would have been awesome. All right. 
<laughs> no, I just I, this was fun. I think it was really fun for me, especially after Green Lantern, which I think was too ambitious. I think they really tried to fit too much into their time frame. Where this one just said we're going to do what we can do in an hour and seven minutes and and have a good time with it. So I, I think this one fit in the in what the, these films are better than the other one did. You know, what's funny is that I like the Green Lantern one better than this, and I guess it was just because I hadn't seen so much of it before. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've seen everything that was in this for the most part before. You know, right. in, in in stuff before, and at least in Green Lantern, there was a little more of the novelty of showing the Green Lantern power work and showing yeah. Oa and things like that. So at least there was more new for me to see there. Interesting. Mm. Everyone's different. <laughs> yeah, we're all the same. It's a celebration like, of diversity. On I, I like how this is like a Sesame Street message at the end of it. <laughs> I think that's, that's really where we want to go with this. All right. This is fork needs to be stuck in. I enjoyed it. If you like having fun, you should go check it out. Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. The next one is JLA Crisis on Two Earths. Is that what the title yep, is? Yep, Crisis on Two Earths. And when is that? Do you know, Paul, when that's coming out? They say spring 2010. Spring 2010. So oh. March, probably around the Comic-Con yeah. season. They probably debut it at WonderCon, which they usually do with the... There's usually a WonderCon debut, and then there's, just, there's usually a San Diego debut. It's interesting that's, that they're still making them. They must be doing all right. I mean, yeah, I, keep, I keep waiting for them to denounce that these are over, but yeah. they, keep making another, they keep having another one in the pipeline already half done by the time that you get one. So Hurry, just keep working on it. So it's not, that's what they're <laughs> if, doing. If we're half done, they won't make us stop. <laughs> oh, and I would recommend, you know, if you want to check it out, I mean, I don't, I don't love this film, but rent it so you can check out the very awkward Kevin Conroy dinner conversation between uh, him and Bruce Timm and casting people. They sit down at a dinner table and drink coffee and talk about what it was like to be Batman for a very long period of time and it's isn't, it's like watching The Office. Isn't Kevin Conroy like 100,000 years old? He's gotta be. He's yeah. pretty old. Okay. And actually I thought the last time we saw him he was in the Batman Gotham Knights one they did. And that didn't work at all because his voice was coming out of a character design that looked about 18. They talk about that and like, oh, but it worked. No, it didn't. It, it, no, no, it didn't at all. <laughs> but here it worked and he actually didn't sound that much older than he did originally. And it, no. It, it sounded good, but I think I think I was really worried because of that last one, he, it did not work. No matter how much coffee they drank and said it did, it didn't work. It's funny. He talks about how uh, he was recognized on the street by a homeless person, like he recognized his voice when mm. he told him he didn't have any money to give him, because apparently the homeless guy had watched Batman the Animated Series, so they had a moment. Like, Anyways. like in the shelter or... You, like like uh, in a store window, they would yeah. He would go that. to the old Warner Brothers store to get heat back before they closed. <laughs> and he would watch them. That's terrible. That's oh, are they done with him? Is that what did they talk about it at all? Or I I don't know. They just said it's it's great to have you and, and Tim back and doing you know Superman and Batman together again and Clancy and and then after that you watch a preview for the next one and it's not Kevin Conroy anymore. It's Billy Baldwin. So I don't know. I, I don't mind it. I think it's it's interesting to get different takes on these characters. I, I agree. I liked New Frontier a lot, and it was all it was Kyle MacLachlan as Superman and Jerry Macisto as Batman. I liked those two a lot. Right. I, I think it's cool to see different takes on these characters, and you don't need to have the same voices for everyone every time. It's just you just don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> there it is. You know why Tim Daly didn't go to do, do Justice League? The why? goddamn yeah. Fugitive show he did. Ugh. Oh, it lasted about four ish episodes. Connor and I, when we were watching The Sopranos, we would have we would have regular conversations. It's like, boy, Tim Daly looks really good, doesn't he? Because he was like fifty something. Yeah, and I was like, he looks. He's doing. He's doing. Is he working out? What's he eating? Man, that guy. He looks, doesn't. He doesn't age. No. <laughs> wow. And neither does his voice. He's awesome. He was the screenwriter in The Sopranos. Yes. 
He also is on that Grey's Anatomy spinoff. He still looks like he did in Sopranos. In further news, that Grey's Anatomy spinoff is still on the air. And further than that, it destroyed everything else in its time slot in its opening week. Jesus. Yeah. So that's fun. Well, Let's talk about Grey's Anatomy for a while. I, I think that's, <laughs> that's fine. The distant sound of things being clicked off. What is that noise? Yeah. That's fine. People, people are hitting the stop button. So you can check out Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. You can talk about it at ifanboy.com. There'll be a discussion with it underneath this show. You can also go there for all your ifanboy needs and content. And every week, we've got the Pick a Week podcast. We talk about the week's books. You can check that out from ifanboy.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Connor Kilpatrick. I'm Paul. And I'm Josh. Hey, you guys feel like talking about the Thor comic book? Yeah.